clap our way in. That was kind of close. It wasn't at all. On my feet it was. Welcome back, everyone, to the 401 Super Bowl Recap Edition. What a fun and fantastic Super Bowl night we all had. Unfortunately, the Rams won, and that has been confirmed by Shefty. The Bengals did have a hell of a season, though. We're going to break down the game, the halftime show, the commercials, maybe even probably the officiating. And, of course, we got some idiot of the week to end the show. A little bit different show for you on this one. Nick had surgery today. He's doing well. T's and P's out to him. Hopefully, he'll be ready to go for our next episode. But today, we've got a very special guest with some very big shoes to fill. Recurring guest of the show. So let's kick things off, ladies and gentlemen. It's the 401 with your host, Tanner Ward, and special guest, Matt Mormon. Finally, the Super Bowl has come back to Los Angeles. Stafford going to the end zone, reaching up and making the grab. Odell Beckham Jr. Going deep and it's caught by Higgins. He goes in for the score. Jalen Ramsey fell down. Next is going to throw. Open net. Caught Higgins. Touchdown. Stafford says, go deep downfield, and it is picked off in the end zone. He sends Jefferson all the way down there, and Jesse Bates picks him off. Pass. Ha! Got it. Touchdown. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. It looked like Piron might have had a shot to make the grab, but the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Yes, we know it was Aaron Donald. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Um, like I said, I am a recurring guest. I feel like, you know, I'm the Nick Foles here. You know, <laughs> Nick brought us to the Super Bowl, but he got here, and, and you know, he had to hand the reins off to Nick Foles. <laughs> That's I, I'm gonna really try to win person. it for us. Yeah, you know, Matt probably has the most appearances on this show. I would. As a listener of the show, I feel like I am – yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm in the number three spot. Yeah, yeah. Matt's been on the show quite a bit. We even formed our own podcast for a while. We did. This summer, yeah. That was a lot of fun. And then life and schedules and everything <laughs> schedules else happens. Are, which is kind of what happened to this show originally. As I feel like there's a few happens, and Yeah. So, But we got a good one for you today. We're going to go through the – just everything in the Super Bowl. I don't know where this train's going to take us, but that was a hell of a game. It was. I'm so – okay, so I am always happy when the Super Bowl is competitive. That is like my baseline. Yeah. Okay. Give me competition and give me wings. I don't really care what – like, I love wings? the Rams. Wings. Okay. That's my baseline for a Super Bowl. Okay. Is like competition it. and wings. That's all I, I like need it. for a good Super Bowl. <laughs> um because, like, a few years ago, that Rams-Patriots Super Bowl, that a lot of people crapped on. Snoozer. I loved it. I absolutely loved that Super Bowl. Like, cause, because it was low scoring, any play could be the big play. Now, it's not a good rewatch Super Bowl. Like, don't go back and rewatch that Super Bowl. But in the moment, I loved it. And this one, very similar, especially there kind of towards the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter, the puntathon that happened. Yeah, I love that though. Like yeah. I, I, I do. I'm, I'm that guy. That, you know, I don't find punting exciting, but every well, drive was like, "Is this don't the tell drive?" Pat McAfee that. 
that's true. It's me and Pat and that's about it. <laughs> but like every drive was like, could this be that momentum changing drive? Could yeah. this be that moment? Uh, you know, for me, it, it took about a quarter and a half for it still to like sink in that the Bengals were playing in the Super Bowl. Like, I think I tweeted that out <laughs> of just like, it still is not going to feel like they're, this is the Super Bowl because I'm watching the Bengals play, right? And this did kind of feel like just another game, but it really took probably late second half or late second quarter for me to be like, the Bengals are actually in the Super Bowl. <laughs> they have with you I mean, they did that. not win a playoff game in our lifetime up until. No. And I am with you a little bit that it didn't feel like the Super Bowl right away. And I think for yeah. me, looking back on the reason why is because it was two teams. And, you know, the Rams have been here once before, but, yeah. you know, that was with Goff and Gurley as a kind of a different team. And, and, you know, Burroughs never made it. And so I think just all the new faces, like, because, you know, like last year, the Bucks, but, you know, the Chiefs were repeating, but the Bucks, it's a Brady team, right? Right. Like, it's like LeBron. I don't care what the team was. It's the LeBron team, right? right? The Bucks felt like that. And so it was like the first real both team fresh matchup yeah. in a wild kind in of. The, right? And the color scheme went pretty well, too. It did. You don't yeah. see orange getting to the Super Bowl very often. No. When you, just, you, know, you got the Bengals or the Browns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When's the next time a team in orange will be in the Super Bowl? Yeah, and it I could think be a while. it could be a while. And I, we're going to break that down, too. There was, like, as you were talking there, there was, like, four things I wanted to, like, counter with. And I was like, oh, that's down the show. That's down the show. <laughs> setting the table. Right. No, definitely setting the Here. table. But I feel like with that game, so, first of all, I did predict that score to be Bengals 23, Rams 21. Oh. And it ended up being Rams 23, Bengals 20 so I was that's about as close as I am ever gonna get on score predictions can I tell a very quick story so moral victory for me yeah so one of the years uh that we were at the arrow at Southeast Missouri State Simo yeah. arrow uh it was the Broncos Panthers Super Bowl I did an article for the paper and I got correct the Broncos winning in the exact score oh I had Demarius Thomas's MVP though ah. Yeah, uh, and I want to get into some of my bets, too. I think that was the Super Bowl after my 21st birthday. Ooh. So I was not in good shape for that Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so that game felt like – I feel like we see this kind of game script a lot in sports in that you have kind of a – not a, <sighs> Very March not, Madness. Yeah, but it's not exactly the like Goliath versus um, David. Right, yeah, David. David, okay, there we go. <laughs> I guess I haven't been reading the Bible lately. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you've been busy on Sunday for I've the been, last 21 been, weeks. You're right, you're now right. Now it's Bible season, you know, <laughs> I, you get I to did, jump back in. I did tweet out about, you know, football's over, there's no excuse now not to start, you know, not to get the diet started. Oh, wait, the Olympics are on, cool, I'm going to order a pizza and watch some curling. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I feel like we get this script a lot in any sport especially in like March Madness but you kind of have that mismatch you have a heavy favorite taking on a team that's like we're surprised that they got there and they're super fun to watch and it feels like a lot of those times when those two teams meet up if the underdog gets a lead but there's still game left you're just waiting for the better team when they have time left to win the game late and that's exactly how the script went out and the Bengals had ample amount of opportunities to put the Rams away. Sean McVay did not call a good game in this one. Zach Taylor 
we're going to, I'm going to give him a little bit of crap, but I'm also going to give him some credit too. Um, he was, I was surprised by his early down calls. It was his late down calls that I think kind of cost him. But, you know, you mentioned earlier the first Super Bowl the Rams were in, 13 to three. This game, you have Sean McVay still, you know, forcing the run. And it felt like the offense had that stretch of a lot of punts. And Matthew Stafford, with that late drive to win the Super Bowl, kind of bailed McVay out. <laughs> well, I, I think their game plan was very Odell-centric. I think they went into this game really with the plan being to highlight Odell Beckham. You saw it early in the game. The dude only played for, what, a quarter and a half? He, yeah. he got hurt before halftime. Yeah. And he had 50-something yards and a touchdown. I think they went into this game saying, we know they're going to try to take away Cup. Let's really go on Odell. And when Odell got hurt, the first thing I kind of thought of watching them was this looks like the Panthers. Remember that, oh, gosh, what, week three game, the Thursday night game where uh, McCaffrey hurt his calf against the Texans? Okay. And, like, the Panthers were rolling early. McCaffrey yeah. gets hurt. They looked lost. They looked lost and confused. And I think the Rams, they really kind of sparked that memory in my head watching it because when as soon as Odell got hurt, they just looked like they were like, crap, that was our guy. Yeah, That's what we were going to be going through a lot. So yeah. I'm going to give McVay yeah. a little bit of credit. They were down. managed to get through that. They were down Odell. You know, obviously they've been down Robert Woods for a while. Tyler Higby went on, you know, right. he's, he goes you, inactive this week. They're basically down But you knew you weren't going to have those. Right. You still have the offense player of the year, right, in Cooper Cup. And then after that, you're talking Van Jefferson, who is does good at his role, but he's not the guy that's going to step up and take over an OBJ mm-hmm. or a Robert Woods role, right? He has his own sort of role. He's like that McCole Hardman or MVS. We had that discussion um, a couple weeks ago on the pod. But he's that kind of guy who plays his role really well. Don't expect a ton of, other, of others from him. But then you're talking Ben Skowronek, Bryson Hopkins. Like, that's what, that's what yeah. they had left in the passing game. So, yeah, he gets a little bit of credit. But, you know, I'm just kind of looking at, like, the log here of after the second touchdown to put him up 13-3, to a pick, punt, end of half, a pick, field goal, punt, punt, punt. That's eight drives of – or seven drives of, what, one field goal, two picks, and everything else is punts. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals, like I said, had the opportunity. They could have put him away. They opened up the second half, touchdown, field goal, and then they go punt, 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 and then turn over. It was, a, it was a punt-a-thon in the middle yeah. of the third quarter there. It really yeah. was. Like, at the end of the third quarter and, like, start of the fourth quarter section, it was just a punt-a-thon. And every drive, I'm just sitting there like, who's going to take control? Who's going to take the reins here? And, uh, yeah, it really didn't happen yeah. <laughs> until the last drive for the Rams there. And, again, it felt like, you know, McVay just wasn't doing Stafford any favors until that last drive. Cam Akers, 13 carries for 21 yards. <laughs> So one point six yards preferred? per carry. Would you have preferred to just force the ball to Cooper Cup? Daryl Henderson four for seven, and uh, Sony Michelle two for two. Yeah, start that earlier. Okay, they went, they went up tempo late, and they're just lucky that it was the score that it was. Right, their defense stepped up. The the D line stepped up. Finally, did what we thought they were going to do the entire game. The Bengals O line held up for about a quarter and a half. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, yeah. And then all hell broke loose, but yeah, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. Like if you can't force the like game script goes completely out the window, it's a Super Bowl. You do whatever's going to work. 
if the up-tempo feed cup, he has 20 catches this game, it doesn't matter as long as you get the win. They got the win anyway, so I'm just, you know, yelling at a wall right now. <laughs> but I do think that Stafford on that last drive, putting together what he did, bails McVay out because now McVay is a Super Bowl winning head coach. He yep. has that title for life. And he does. You see what happens when a coach wins the Super Bowl and just how much they jump up. Like a Madden legacy score, they immediately jump like way up. <laughs> <laughs> Although he hasn't really called two game two great games in Super Bowls. I just think this one, I, I'm I'm okay with the most of the play calling that they did. I really am. I know the results weren't there. I did not like the Cooper Cup. I do I am not a fan of Pass. I am not a fan of non-quarterbacks passing the ball to unathletic quarterbacks. The Philly special is included in that. I always think that that's a dumb play. It normally doesn't work. It worked one time for Nick Foles, and so everybody yeah. loves it. Oh, yeah. But I just think, you know, I, the thing that I thought really worked well, I wish it would gone back to more, was throwing the ball to Daryl Henderson. I thought yeah. Henderson splitting out. I thought that was really working well for them. Um, I know they well, missed I mean, on a they, couple where he got open. They had to do something, right? But, yeah, he had right. five targets. You had to find a playmaker. Three yards. And that's yeah. the one guy we'd like to see featured more. But, I mean, like I said, unless you're just going to force feed to Cooper Cup, and that's an option. And, like you said, he was the offensive player of the year. He did have the triple crown this year. So, that is a thing you could have done. I really think once you lost Odell, you lost your game plan. And yeah. I think it took them a little bit scrambling around saying, okay, Let's try throwing it to the, you know, the Squarnick guy over here and uh, see what happens. You know, let's give but, Van Jefferson got mean, eight targets. Van you know, Jefferson the, got eight targets. Yeah. You know, the Rams had a ton of injury luck this year to where – because they're extremely talented on, you know, with the starting lineups, no depth at all because mm -hmm. they have so many big names that cost and, so much money. And so, the one big injury they had, they lucked out on getting Odell. Yeah, they literally sign Odell two days before Robert Woods tears his ACL. Mm -hmm. And what's the uh, what's the FanDuel strategy? Load up studs and duds. Studs and duds. Mm -hmm. They literally their team is studs and duds. <laughs> yeah, hero and zeros. That's all yeah. it is. And they just got really lucky that no one they didn't have a serious injury throughout the year, other than the Robert Woods one, which they just happened to get Odell at that time. And it worked out, right? And that's why I don't think you're going to be able to see this kind of thing get replicated where teams can go with this whole all-in talk that everyone's talking about that the Rams did. You're not going to really see a lot of teams be able to do that and have that kind of success because you can go all-in, but everyone still has to stay healthy. And they were able to do that this year and then obviously capitalized on it as well as you can. I do think there's big picture NFL. I think we're going to see teams – try to do that to an extent i mean i know not to the extent of trading away you know eight years worth of first round picks but i do think specifically at quarterback i think you're gonna have teams and i think it's already happened right a, yeah. a lot of franchises would have said we have Jameis winston we're comfortable with that let's not go get tom brady a lot of franchises would have said we're comfortable with jared goff let's not go trade away two first rounders and go get Matthew Stafford. Right. I think that's a trend we're going to start to see and, more and more of. And, what are the, and the Rams are saying, look, if we go get Matthew Stafford, there's a good chance that we're trading away the number 32 pick in the draft. Sure. Or multiple, you know, this 32 and then – but you're trading mm -hmm. away 30 through 32. That's what those picks you're trading away are. And they're justifying it that way, which obviously it worked out. <laughs> it did. But it, I, don't, I, don't risk, think, I don't really think this is going to work out for a lot of franchises if they go that way. 
I don't either, but I do think others will try. I think for the next handful of years, I think I think the Bucks are included in that conversation, though, of uh, you know really bringing assets down for a very minimal window of time. Yeah. Um, kind of saying, Which, I think the Packers the are Bucks, about to do it. The Bucks built a really good roster with Jameis yes. Winston on the team. And then they just plop. Brady so maybe maybe it. we see that. Maybe we see a team draft a quarterback, run out his rookie deal as they build around him. And then say see ya, and then trade all their first after that. Because I mean, you think about the majority of that Bucks team was already built. They added some pieces, <laughs> but they already had one of the best run defenses in the NFL with Jameis Winston. They already had Evans, Godwin. Really, they added Tom Brady and A B. And then I oh, I guess Leonard Fournette. Fournette. Fournette yeah. got added as well. But I think if you give you you know how I feel about running backs. If you give Ronald Jones en- enough catches, he would have been very nice. He can't catch the ball. Don't give me that they, crap. They, they have thrown it to him. They the got Giovanni the, Bernard because they didn't like Leonard Fournette either in the passing game. Well, okay, Ronald Jones <laughs> is literally the worst player I've ever watched at catching up football, and that includes Justin Hunter. Like, Ronald I Jones. I don't even remember Justin Hunter. Exactly. He was a <laughs> very good athlete. He could jump really high, and he well, could okay. run really fast. Yeah. The dude could not catch a ball. He was for the Titans. Sounds I think like you're doing a pick. Nike commercial. Um, but he couldn't catch a ball though. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's besides the point. That, we're gonna get to the running back thing too, by okay. the way, uh, <laughs> at some point because I do have one specific play that I think it does show that at certain moments a better running back can make the play. And yeah, we're gonna get to that. I, yeah. I have one last note on the Rams. Well, I did write that Odell tearing his ACL. That sucked. That sucked a lot. That did suck. And I um, finally – I'm an anti-Odell guy, and I was finally starting to come around. Like, he looked really good for the Rams. Uh, he's fun to watch, man. Like, he is fun to watch. Like, whatever your opinions are of him. And same – I always said that about Tom Brady. Because, sure. obviously, being from Missouri, grew up around a lot of people who did not like Tom Brady. But I was like, be honest with me. You can, you can hate him, love him, whatever – you can't tell me he's not fun to watch march down the field with those teams. Was, was watching Odell fun to watch when he I – mean, he looked slower in Cleveland. No. Like, no, he Cleveland, did look zapped. Cleveland was whatever because they were never on TV anyways, so. <laughs> I watched a zone. lot of Cleveland Browns games the last, <laughs> like, two years. Okay. I have game, I have game pass. I watch it all, man. And, uh, oh. no, Odell looked bad. Yeah. Uh, but he, but... he looks very good, though, these last handful of weeks. And that does really suck. Yeah, just rejuvenated. Um, do you think when a quarterback points downfield for a receiver to th- go deep and then he throws a pick, do you think that's the equivalent of a pitcher in baseball when he points up at the sky for a fly ball and it ends up being a home run? <laughs> I think it's almost more of the equivalent of the pitcher shaking off the, the catcher, picking his own pitch, run? and then giving up a home run. Because, <laughs> like, you called the shot there, right? You yeah. said go deep, and then I threw the pick. Okay, yeah, I like it. You know, so I said, no, Yachty. I'm going to throw with my curveball because it's all I throw <laughs> these days. And then, boom, it goes sent out for a home run. And it's like, well, why didn't you throw the cutter that we occasionally use, you know? So I, I think that's hey, more of my comparison. Yeah. <laughs> Just makes me think of uh, Bull Durham where he shakes off Kevin Costner. I thought you, we weren't going to talk about movies I've never seen. Oh, my God. That's like my favorite sports movie ever. You got to watch it. It's it's the best. It's better than Major watched, League. I've never seen that one either, so I'll take your word it's for like it. like my second favorite baseball movie. I just watched the Kurt Warner movie. Terrible? No. Actually, really nice. I'm um, not going to listen to your movie opinions because you don't watch anything well, good that's not Marvel or Star Wars. Oh, it, it, was, it was nice. It was pretty good. <laughs> um, the best part, though, they play the Ravens in week one of his rookie season. 
And so I'm in the theaters. It's only the four of us. And so I'm like openly cheering for the Ravens. The There's just four of you there. <laughs> yeah, that was just the four. We Great went on movie. Saturday. Great movie. Like, it's been out for like a month and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah, it did come out on Christmas. Yeah. So probably four people went and watched on Christmas too. Probably. Have Any you seen Kurt Warner's new look with the white? Yeah, beard? with the beard. I like it. I, it took me yeah. a little bit to get used to it. I like it though. It's yeah. sharp. Yeah, looks sharp. So the Bengals, I have to give Zach Taylor some props because I said one of the keys to this game was going to be his play calling on first down, whether he's going to continuously force the run and force the Bengals into second and longs, third and longs, a lot of the game, which is actually kind of what happened with the Rams for a lot of the game. <laughs> but to his credit, the Bengals were awesome on first down. Now, this does include a 75-yard touchdown pass on first down. So these numbers are a little inflated, but they – had 13 pass attempts to 11 run rush attempts. So that I was, I was, you know, pretty happily surprised. Burrow was 11 of 13 for 166 yards and a touchdown on first down, 12.8 yards per attempt. Joe Mixon had all 11 first down carries and he went for 66 yards, six yards per carry. That's about as efficient as you can go on Absolutely. first down. And so I got to give Zach Taylor some props on that. He called a hell of a game early on downs. Yeah, I, 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 the thing, so I wasn't charting it as the game was going on. I was just kind of, kind of taking note of it. And the fact that it didn't stand out to me is a big positive. Yeah. Cause like during the well, Chiefs game, it was impossible to ignore yeah. the first down run, second and nine, second and eight constantly, every possession. And so I'm not as much of a running game doesn't matter, you know. It's, I don't as think much the running as game you, doesn't matter. You do, you do believe that. You no, can say I you don't, you do running believe that. back. For the majority, well, it does not matter. You like, don't want anybody to run first down. It's, the running plays oh, are inefficient. The running back doesn't matter. You do. You hate the running the football. I might go a little over okay. the top with it. but That's okay. Second and long is the worst time to run the football. Yes. And, yes, that's true. And your EPA is much higher when you throw on first down. The Packers yeah. last year when they – or I guess two years, the 2020 season when they led the NFL on touchdowns, they also led in first down pass rate. And they were extremely efficient with it. So I'm not saying you have to pass on first down every time, but you shouldn't be rushing on first down 60% of the time or more. It should yes. either be even split or just a hair over on the passing side. Well, and I think mixing it up here really did help out mixing and made it more unpredictable, yeah. which allowed him 13, to have a better yard for carry. 13 to 11 is the perfect first down yes. split. As long, yes. as, you're, as long as your running game is also being efficient. Now on third down, all hell it all went to shit basically <laughs> right it was just oof so 17 plays were on a third or fourth down to convert so not counting punts here and 13 were passes which is pretty common for rush attempts burrow was four of 10 for 44 yards and was sacked three times for a loss of 23 yards and then oof. on the runs there was four runs not a single one of them was joe mixon which is by Samaj P. Ryan. <laughs> Samaj P. Ryan had two carries, zero yards, and a target on third down. Chris Evans had two targets on third down. <laughs> so that is five of your third downs where your backup running back is getting the target or the handoff. Sorry, I was mistaken there. I thought you were including the fourth down there with the target. Because um, I was going to say, that fourth down target to P. Ryan to end the game, that was just a desperation flip. So I, I wouldn't call that a target. 
I mean, it uh, is. statistically, it is. So a I am. I am including that. I just. I. I have yes. it wrote separately to where I have them as a target. And yeah. now I'm looking back. Okay, so it is a target, but we, we know what that, that play was. Yeah, we can take that one away. Do you think he could have caught that if he laid out? I think he should have given more of an effort. Yeah, I've been seeing a it's lot of people It's the Super say Bowl. <laughs> to be like, honest, I, I didn't realize it live. Like, I'm watching – because I'm watching that ball, like, flutter in oh, the air. I I, I'm like, game's it. over. And No. That I didn't see till later. I saw it on Twitter. I'm like, okay, yeah, I think he actually could have probably – It was – He's got his hands on it. Out of the three big, oh, crap, I'm about to get sacked desperation flips I can think of this year, this was definitely the best throw. Like, yeah. between this one, the Kyler Murray one, and the Carson Wentz one, <laughs> the other two both went for pick sixes. So <laughs> Okay, and they were in their own end zone on the throws. <laughs> they were, but this one didn't get picked off at all. And I do think Piran, like, it's not as bad as Cam giving up on the fumble, but it, it wasn't too far off. You got to try a little bit, dude. Like, it was – it's the Super Bowl. This is fourth down. So, look. And since we're at this point of the game, can I go ahead and talk about how running backs do matter sometimes? So, look, running backs are the most replaceable position on the offense. That's all I have to say. I think your number but two Joe Mixon, is more – Joe Mixon should have been on the field for those. And because he would have made – clearly he would have made the third down run. For those plays. He would have made the third down run. He would have converted on third down. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the play? Have you really watched that play? Do you do you have that in your mind? Viewers at home, pull up the play for me real quick. The third and one. The third and one on run. the final drive. On the final drive. Where they run. hand off to their backup running back yes. to run right at Aaron Donald. Yes. That play. <laughs> you know Joe Mixon's running style, right? It is very yeah. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Literally, the left side is wide open. He loves the, the right-hand side is also quite open. And Pirine just went. He Gus Edwards did. Except Gus gains a yard every time. He doesn't yeah. get tackled for losses. But the way Joe Mixon's run style is, that is a situation where the running back did matter. I guarantee you Joe Mixon would have got that ball because that's what he does. That is his running yeah. style. And right? He would have absolutely found either the left, which was yeah. all wide open, or he would have gone around to the right. And to be fair, when I say a running back doesn't matter, what I'm really saying is it. that it's not – they're just the, – they're the most replaceable position over the course of a season. Yes, you're going to be able to find an instance where, okay, running back A would have done a much better job than running back B. And this was one of those. Over the course of the season my, – my big thing is, like, if I go into a season or even a game, right, and I give Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan both 20 carries, the outcome – I'm – like – the outcome is not going to be that much different if the offensive line's not doing their job. If you're unable to pass the ball, when I'm saying running back is the most replaceable position, and you're talking about a second tight end, which <laughs> depends on what cool. offense you run. Does it? What I second know. tight ends are more important than running backs these days? Cleveland. Oh, I disagree on that one. Because Dearness Johnson <laughs> well, can run for 130 was- yards. And but if, if Cleveland's short on tight ends when they're using a lot of 12 personnel. Okay, so that game where they didn't have Austin Hooper or D- David Njoku, did Harrison Bryant all of a sudden go crazy? No. Well, you get my point, though. They use a lot of two tight end sets. They do. Their second tight end is going to be pretty important. I don't think it's as important as Cream Hunt. 
We have completely went off the rails. We have. We went, we went away. That's on me. I'll take this, the credit for that this one. This is going to happen. Um, this is going to happen quite a bit. Uh, I, I, did, of- I did see something really funny. I, I don't have the tweet pulled up, but someone said that Zach Taylor acts like Samaj P. Ryan is his third down running back on Madden, and he doesn't know how to get to settings. <laughs> because that's exactly what, like, it's like, okay, yeah. third down. Okay, Joe Mixon, you have to come off the game. Like, you have to come out of the game. Like, that's what I loved. I saw that uh, someone reported that Zach Taylor said that on the last drive of the game, the Bengals weren't going for the field goal. They were going for the win. They weren't thinking field goal, which is hilarious to me because that means he – in his mind, he was like, all right, forget the field goal. We're going for the touchdown. Samaje, go in there for Joe Mixon. He needs a breather on third and one with a Super Bowl on the line. And I want you to run right at Aaron Donald. (laughs) Well, what was the play before that? Because it, it was an incompletion. They took oh, a shot down the field. They took so it the wasn't second even, one down the field shot. It wasn't even a no huddle and you're just stuck with who you have. It was a the it was clock an incomplete pass. Stopped. They brought a personnel in. Yeah. I don't again, understand that. What I don't remember what they had for timeouts either. I think they had one left, I believe. I could be off on that, but I do believe they had one left at the end of the game. Because I remember yeah, making yeah. the joke of, like, why aren't you calling your timeout on the kneel down? They could drop it. It's the yeah, Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. If ever there was a time, you know? like <laughs> yeah. If there was ever it. a time to throw sportsmanship out the window. Like, one has to wonder. Did the Bengals really care? I would 100% do it. <laughs> oh, I would too. I am super petty. <laughs> like, it's the – like, Samaj P. Ryan's not diving for balls. Zach Taylor's not calling his timeouts. And he's saying Samaj P. Ryan out on the field. Did the Bengals even care? <laughs> One has to ask these questions. Look, man, do it for the gorilla. At least call <laughs> that last timeout, right? Yeah. Leave it all out in the field. Don't take a timeout home with you from the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, I I did think this was interesting. Joe Mixon was on the field for all seven of the Bengals third and fourth down on the third and fourth and ones. So all third and ones and fourth and ones. He was on the field for all seven of those in the first three playoff games. Oh, that is interesting. In the Super Bowl on third and fourth and ones, he was not on the field for a single one of those five attempts. But Tanner, it doesn't matter because a backup running back is just as good as a starting running back. If they right? both get their twenty carries, yes. But if you're like Smaj P. Ryan or AJ Dillon, I will take AJ Dillon on a one yard play. But it shouldn't matter though, because it's a running back, so it doesn't I matter. You. I hate you. That's what you said earlier. Is that it doesn't matter because it's a running back. Yes. They could they could have put Matt Moore if in the back. If they each there. get twenty carries, they're each can easily average four yards a carry. But in these specific doesn't, scenarios, it doesn't matter how they get there. It, so, it, therefore, extrapolating that into smaller situations here, it doesn't matter if it's Monty P. Ryan or Joe Mixon, what you've said. So, so I, also, I am pro Joe Mixon. I Tanner would rather have Monty P. Ryan. I love Joe Mixon. He won me a fantasy championship this year. You're welcome. I was, I was on the Joe Mixon bandwagon the whole way. Yeah, you sure. Need, after I bought your need, ticket. Didn't need any convincing. I, I was After I vetted you for the ticket. I was leading the charge. <laughs> <laughs> no it was my projections i'm telling you i pro- projected out the Bengals, and i was like holy shit maybe matt's right about joe mix <laughs> so i thought this was funny as well on the twitter both the chiefs and Bengals failed to score on five consecutive drives and the bills blew a lead with 13 seconds left the afc just didn't want it <laughs> 
Well, and it felt like that way during the regular season too, right? Like, so what? The Patriots yeah, had the number one because seed. Because the Titans then they fell the apart. Seed. The Titans took the one. Well, but before that, the Ravens at one point were the one seed in the second half of the regular season. Yeah. And didn't make the playoffs. Right. <laughs> like every AFC one seed just collapsed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Titans literally used their entire roster, the entire Saskatoon Tigers or whatever the CFL team is, and the St. Louis Battlehawks. They used all three rosters this year and still got the one seed. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, all that leads to, yes, Mike Vrabel deserved to be coach of the year this year. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely up there. I think coach of the year is – it's so tough because is it just who has the most success with the most injuries or who has, who exceeds their expectations the most? What, I mean, what's the criteria? Because Matt Nagy won coach of the year in 2018, which was stupid and it should have been John Harbaugh. Well, and I'm saying this year, just because you have the MVP quarterback, you still had a ton of injuries and in key players this year. Wait, like why, why not Matt LaFleur? Wait, I'm blank. Oh, Okay. You take the one seed, you have the most wins in the NFL, and you well, had key, but you're, you had top guys out the entire season. Did, were you missing – I know running backs don't matter, but Derrick Henry's a pretty good one. So were you missing Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones for a very significant portion of the year? They, how many games did they play together? Oh, they only played like three or four. I it wasn't it was many. Because yeah. Julio got hurt early. Then Brown got hurt. Then Henry was out for the rest of the regular season. So by the time Julio came back, Henry was well gone. And so, I, and they got the one seed. And Derrick Henry just proved why a running back should never get another MVP vote. Yeah, let me talk about that a little bit. Texting. I have a very bold prediction that I feel like is becoming less bold the more I think about it. Actually, <laughs> that the next non-quarterback to an MVP will be a, a uh, pass rusher. Yeah, yeah, I like that. We had a very good discussion about that. Maybe we should add that to the end of the show. We can talk about that if we have some time. A little little teaser there for for the uh, ladies and gents. So, how about Vernon Hargraves? He had a good game. Um, (laughs) Can we save him? Are we doing Idiot of the Week? Oh, yeah. Okay. That was my pick. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That was my pick. (laughs) I'll I'll cut this. I'll cut this and we'll we'll keep moving on. I'm I'm not going to cut this. (laughs) I didn't think you were. I mean, honestly. It's another tease. It's another tease. Yeah. (laughs) What a story the Bengals were this year. They almost came away with the Super Bowl title. All four playoff games, the opponent of the Bengals had the ball in the final two minutes of a one-possession or a tied game. That is, in modern NFL, (laughs) that's incredible to win those games. In the wild card round, Vegas had first and goal from the Cincy Nine with only a seven-point game, and they got the stop. Against the Titans, the Titans had the ball with a minute 46 left on their own 35. But since he still won in regulation, mm-hmm. that's the least impressive one. That's still impressive, and it's the least impressive one. Conference championship game, since he was only up three, and the Chiefs had first and goal from the four-and-a-half-yard line. Held them to a field goal, forced overtime, and won the game. And Chiefs had the ball first in overtime. Yeah, had the ball first in overtime. And then in the Super Bowl, it was since he up four, first and goal for the Rams at the Cincy eight, and they just couldn't hold on to this one. And then all of a sudden, the whistles came out. Yes, they did. You know, and I, I'm, I don't, not, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for the officials, although I do hate to see L.A. get the trophy. But they let them play all game, and then that final, whenever it became first and goal, all of a sudden we got really touchy because I don't know the linebacker's name. but that uh, was about Logan as, Wilson. That's about as good as you can yeah. put a ball. 
And yeah. that should never have been a flag. Now, I understand. T. Higgins touchdown, had the face mask on Ramsey. I understand that. But if you're a Rams fan, you have probably two, three more years before you can talk about big pass interference calls or no calls in the playoffs. Like that one still is live <laughs> of the Saints no call that got you to the last Super Bowl. It is. Um, I, I am not one to ever really get on officials for stuff. It has to be incredibly blatant. Uh, to be wrong, as in the uh, pass interference with the Rams and the Saints there. I, like, I, I'm a believer that over the course of an NFL season, you get as many breaks as you do get screwed. And you and have to sometimes, have some, you have sometimes to have those, some luck those in the playoffs than, with that. No. And sometimes the timing is better than others. Were these some crappy timing for a couple missed calls? It was. The missed false start <laughs> as well? Yes. They yes. missed the false start and then threw the P.I. on the Bengals. That's a rough look. That's a rough look. When, it, that's a really rough look when the team that you moved out to L.A., and they're playing in L.A. in the Super Bowl, and then you do that on their game-winning drive. Not a great look. Not a great look. It's not a great not look. Not a great look. Put the asterisk by the Lombardi. Carve, carve the asterisk into the medal of the right. Lombardi trophy. Are you filing this one in the same folder as your ESPN Aaron Rodgers conspiracy, or is that in a separate <laughs> folder? Are, they, are separate. they right there next to each other? They're, they're separate both folder? separate okay. folders, yeah. Uh, they go in the – you pull out the drawer in my kitchen island. There's two different trash cans, and they get filed in each. Di- they each go in their own different trash can. <laughs> um, I did think of something earlier that I was going to mention about the game. Oh, uh, so you mentioned how it's so like the obvious key to the game was always going to be the the uh, Bengals offensive line, mm-hmm. right? That was the obvious one. My big key for the game was the Bengals had to turn threes into sevens. To me, that was the thing the Bengals had to do. And it just kind of felt they got that interception in the third quarter. That's the big field. And they Mm -hmm. only got three out of it. And And if you remember back to the Titans game, the Titans game, Tannehill threw that interception on that screen pass. And the Bengals went down and got three on that. And I remember at that moment being like, they had to stomp on the throat. Great teams score touchdowns on those situations. You would never see a Tom Brady-led team score three on that. Yeah. To me, those are the situations where the, the, we'll never the three say never, become, so, never say never. But you well, you'll never see it again. Uh yeah. But, well, maybe. He actually has some good odds. He has he does not have the lowest super uh, MVP odds for next year. Okay, well he should have the I'm gonna lowest. see if I can look it up, but <laughs> it's like if he got drafted a dynasty league right now, yeah, I'm picking him up. But I am one I am ninety-eight percent on the side of Brady is done. He's not what's, retirement. What's the most you'd give up right now for Tom Brady in a dynasty league. I would give up like a third. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd give up a second. No, I'd give up I, a third. Yeah, like maybe a, maybe a late third. Yeah. Even an early third, I think about it. I mean, I'm also the ice to hold on Antonio Brown, but that's mainly just because free agency hasn't, you know, opened back <laughs> up. But he's going to be a Raven next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that? Not great. <laughs> okay, so he there's no quarterback right now that's I see listed as lower odds than him, but there really? are some position players. I would I think he has better odds than a few quarterbacks in well, my opinion. They're not listing they're not listing everyone. Okay. They're listing the say, actual people they think can receive one vote. Because, Taylor Heineke or Tom Brady? <laughs> well, I was thinking Zach Wilson. <laughs> oh, I will say Derek Carr oh. has better odds than Tom Brady to win the MVP. He should. 
He should. I'll take the Tom Brady side. <laughs> I would take Derek Carr's side. <laughs> uh, now, so since we, are, pity. <laughs> since we are already kind of talking about it, so this name just hit me, right? We've been talking about prop bets on this show for a couple weeks now, and then I, it just hit me. Prop lock and drop it is what we're going to call the prop great bets segment. now. So Great segment. Great name, right? So I just kind of want to recap. Threw some bets down. Came out positive this week. So, you know, won a little bit of money. Um, first, I did hit, and I it's on the preview show. I said Cincy plus four and a half and the under 48 and a half. And it hit, so I won a two-leg parlay on that. I did miss uh, my first touchdown. I had Cup and Blanton. Uh, Blanton was my sneaky, like, five to win two – or, no, he was five to win 100 bucks, basically. Like, you know, easy easy money there, good pick, especially with mm-hmm. Higgins questionable. He ends up being out, and then Blanton really doesn't play. But Higby. if if Higby, what I say? He said Higgins. Oh, my bad. Higby. If if Cup and Odell would have switched their touchdown catches, mm-hmm. I would have, I would have made, I would have doubled my my money. Um, but I, so I missed out. Cup and Blanton first touchdown game MVP. I had Burrow and Von Miller. Va- Von Miller is my other real sneaky one. That was like five. I liked your logic longer. behind that. Thank you. Um, and well, and it should have li- been Aaron liked, Donald. But I liked your pick of it. I did not like your logic behind it actually, because I think you said something about with like the Rams trounce them and he has three sacks or something. Yeah, because um, at that point. Staff if they not racking the, up a lot of stats, basically. I don't think that's what the voters are going to care about, though. Like, if you have three well, sacks and, just, and they're kind of meaningless sacks, I feel like well, a pivotal you're putting sack. them away, though. You're just – you're putting them if away. You, if you scored 35, 38 points, the other team only scored 10, I feel like if sta- like if Stafford threw most of the touchdowns, I feel like it would and, and yeah, But regardless, but it, was a, it was a good, not likely stab. Because I yeah. feel like Donald's odds were probably – right there behind the quarterbacks right like it was probably yeah Donald two quarterbacks donald like chase plus tough 1400 like he actually had pretty good odds but von yeah. miller was plus 3900 and i was just like oh right, sure I'll, I'll take absolutely that. um i did hit on odell over half a touchdown which was easy higgins over half a touchdown which is easy money um i didn't take cup because there wasn't any value to it mm-hmm. um i hit on Bengals over one and a half field goals which i wanted to hammer that um i do wish i would have found the prop i didn't see it um where i'm at but over two and a half players with a pass attempt would have been easy money i if i'm counting right five players had a pass attempt in this game johnny hecker on the missed snap the two quarterbacks cup and mixon does that count because it was a point after attempt it's still a pass attempt though but typically like you don't get credit for a pass attempt and the yardage on oh let's so say they successfully I guess, right i guess it would have only been four then i think so because like i was just so you know, on a normal i was just so hyped because i was like if there's no trick plays ran this just hit on a botched extra point <laughs> but i don't think it would have though because like a well, two-point I'm, conversion typically i don't believe you'd get credit for the extra attempt i'm there. i'm looking i uh, the espn app only has cup as the only other one with a pass attempt so but you got eight mix them, so you got four. You got four. Okay. You got four. That's okay. pretty darn good. It's a lot more than two and a half. Yeah. Now I don't know where prop locket drop it's gonna go from here and where the four oh one betting quarter is gonna go. We will have March Madness coming up, but I'll tell you right now, don't take my picks when March Madness comes around. Like whatever I pick, fade the hell out of me on that. Uh but- I have not been good at March Madness since sophomore <laughs> year of high school. 
Uh, mine was my freshman year of college was my best yeah. one. Yeah. I got in like the top 2000 of the ESPN challenge where there's like three or 5 mm-hmm. million. That was only up to the sweet 16. And then it kind of fell apart. My coin flip bracket, I think did better than my actual one last year. <laughs> that was the, that was the year that uh, three of the twelves upset the fives. Mm. And I was perfect on my 12, five games, hey. all, the, all of them. It was, I felt very good about that. Obviously, as you can tell, because I'm still talking about it. That was that was uh, Louisville over Michigan. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Trey Burke was on Michigan. Oh, Trey Burke. Uh, the Ware guy broke his leg. Yeah, on Easter. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, that wild. was. I had to do a lot of uh, tending to crying children watching that. <laughs> um. So. I've been seeing this a lot about Cincinnati, that the future is bright for them, right? Field Yates tweeted out, they have a young roster. All their core offensive pieces are super young. They have over 50 They'll be million. back. They have over 50 million in cap space this offseason. They have all their picks. It seems like everything's in place for them to just build an offensive line, whether they trade for it, draft it, sign it, whatever, and then they'll be back, right? Two. I got two quick things for this. First one is the obvious one of, it's tough to get to any Super Bowl, but now the road to the Super Bowl is for Burrow, AFC, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar, and Josh Allen, and that's not counting what else could happen, right? If Trevor Lawrence, the golden god that was supposed yeah. to be, the, the prince that was promised, but just seven yeah. teams are seven teams are going to make it, and Lamar and Herbert didn't make it this year. Yeah, and just think, those five should be in it for the foreseeable future. Maybe one of them will have, you know, a freak year like Lamar sure. where whole team's hurt and they don't make it. Or maybe Justin Herbert, just the Chargers curse never ends. Well, and the, but, I mean, that, that's related to me for Rodgers. I know, you know, let's not say Rodgers, a potential trade of a veteran quarterback, Russell Wilson, if you will. Russell um, I don't want anything to do with the AFC if I'm those guys. Yeah, why would you? Send if me to the Bucks. If you're the old bull, why would you want to go to the young calves division now? Or I have no interest in going um, to the AFC if I'm a quarterback. But, <laughs> but here's my other point is, so when Pat McAfee first started his show, he used to talk tell a lot of stories about playing days, right? And one that really sticks out is he used to talk a lot about his rookie year. They mm-hmm. go to the Super Bowl. They lose to the Saints. And after that loss, the locker room was really just bleak everyone was down and he's sitting there like dude why are we so down our team is awesome like we're definitely going to be back oh they're undefeated for like 12 games that year yeah and they never made it back because like tom brady has made people think it's easy to go to multiple super bowls i have said that for the last three (laughs) weeks well i've said that all the last year to people because i live in kansas city and it is incredibly hard yeah patrick mahomes has went to four afc title games in his four years as a starter hosted them all which is and he's won one super bowl and the fact that it's he's been incredible to that he made it to four. Yeah. Four straight AFC championships, so not alone. You have Drew to, Brees only made it to one. Yeah. Super people Bowl. talk about how Brees and Peyton, though the Rodgers. Well, I'm saying Brees and oh, Sean sure. Peyton together only won one Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. You know how tough it is to win a Super Bowl? You have to find a solid core amount of or solid core of players to fit under the cap and leave you with enough room to mm-hmm. add depth as well. And have a lot of injury luck on top of that, or have well, to have your debt players step up. Like, and uh, you know, it's easy for me to say because Packers, but Rasul Douglas, Devondre Campbell, like finding those kind of guys. Sure. Yep, that doesn't happen every year. So you have to be able to no. find good, you know, All Pro or Pro Bowl, whatever 
caliber players, get them all into the cap, find depth, find guys to step up, have injury luck, and have a couple plays go your way, mm-hmm. kind of like you know the T. Higgins over Jalen yeah. Ramsey catch. You have to have stuff like that go your way. But the, the Chiefs would have been in three straight Super Bowls if D. Ford didn't line up off sides. There you go. You know, they would have been in, in three straight then. Yeah. But, but the, he did. You know, the, just think about the course of history that could have changed had mm-hmm. the uh, tuck rule not happened. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the Rams probably win two out of three Super Bowls. They could yeah. still be in St. Louis, and the Tom Brady dynasty may not have been as great. Yeah. No, you're, you're because there's no that, there's no guarantee that they would have went on to beat Eagles uh, Panthers, right? You know, without the first one, right? Without the you know everybody always like talk about the experience of being there before. Yeah, they wouldn't have been there before then. Um, no, you're 100 percent right. I think Brady is the guy that you look at and you say, well, he made it look too easy. He made it look like you can go win five, six, seven. He's yeah. the only one with more than four. And there's only a couple guys with four, and there's only a handful of guys with three, and there's not even that many guys with two Super Bowl wins. Yeah. Like, it is incredibly difficult. And like we said, with Breeze well, and Aaron Rodgers, both have only both uh, made it to one and one one. And, just and think, that was in the NFC where they didn't have to go through Brady or Peyton every yeah. year. What was the stretch that Tom Brady went without a Super Bowl ring? Oh, it was – I mean, it was a Because he won – he won 01, 03, 04. Yep. Lost 07. 11? Lost, lost 07, lost 11. He lost back to lost back. Lost 11. And then he won, what, 17? Was that his next one against the Falcons? Falcons. 16 was Falcons. 16. Oh, wait, which season? Super Bowl. Which I'm, season? I'm doing 2017 season. I'm saying season numbers. Yes. Okay. So Not 16 season. Yeah. So 16. 16 and then 17 was over the ramp. No. no, it wasn't back to back. There was a year in between there. 18. Oh, no, they, they, lost, they lost the Eagles. Lost and the Eagles then, in 17. But, okay, so Rams. 17 to 04. That's a good career time. <laughs> like, that's 13 that's, years. There's a lot a of players time. that came and went in there. Yeah. So, um, again, so Tom Brady, who's the made it look the easiest to win Super Bowls, yeah. look at that stretch that he had. Had a career-worth gap in between. Between wins. Yeah. And then two other appearances in there where they were losses. Sure. But I, think no, a lot, I, I, I think a lot of people, like, that's oversighted these days. Absolutely. And, and Brady's the reason why. And it's a lot how, like, I think Aaron Donald makes Ndamukong Sue become underrated because Aaron Donald makes defensive tackles look like he should be racking up sacks. Yeah. Now, I think Sue, <laughs> I think Sue is a borderline Hall of Famer. But if you compare his stats with, with, with Donald, it's not even close. He'd stop there's certain guys, right in there. There's certain guys that, you know, have just made things look so easy that just not. And, yeah, I'm 100% with you there. I mean, if the Bengals – it wouldn't shock me if they don't make – I mean, God, you talk about the AFC road. Like, like we said, if, if Trevor becomes what he's supposed to be, that's another one. If the, if the Broncos go out and land one of these guys they're supposed to land, if Watson wouldn't have, you know, had the situation happen with Houston, yeah, that would if, have been another one. If he stays in Houston or goes to yeah. Miami, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. still – Yeah, there's – And, you like, know, for what's worse, Zach Wilson was just a second overall pick too. Yeah. Not saying he's going to be at that level, but, but he was drafted to be. The The Jets have some exciting young pieces on that offensive side of the ball. They do. Like, you add, add another offensive tackle to that group, yeah. maybe a veteran maybe a veteran receiver or a tight end or something, you've got yourself a little fun group. And the Jets and Bengals just had the same odds to make the Super Bowl this past year. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> the, yeah, they'll Burrow be back. Be, Burrow could easy be, narrative. Yeah, Burrow That's could not. be Rodgers' age before he makes another Super Bowl. Yeah. 
So, yeah, yeah. Sl- everyone needs to slow down on the whole they'll be back. No, they'll be back. Because don't you next worry year, about it. <laughs> next year, if the Bengals don't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. You got the, if the Chargers, uh, if the Chargers make the Super Bowl next year, I'm not going to be surprised. No. You've got the uh, number one division schedule, too, which that's always going to make things tougher. And not to mention – no, not to toot my own team's horn a little bit. I am yeah. a Ravens fan. The Ravens have the fourth-place schedule next year and should just devour that. Yeah. I, like, uh, you put a healthy Ravens against the, like, Falcons and the Jets. Are you kidding me? Uh, the, yeah. So, the, the first-place schedule for the, um, for the Packers next year – Right. Like, it's looking as perfect as it can be. Like, regardless of who the quarterback is, the schedule's set up for that team to make the playoffs if they can bring out – regardless of quarterback, bring the core of the team back because they get – the Bucks are whatever they're going to be. Sure. They're yeah, they're not the what a- they were. They're playing the AFC and NFC East. They host okay. Dallas. They host Dallas. They host New England. And they host L.A. again. They host the Rams again. And maybe Tampa. Like I know they have to go to Buffalo. That was like the their toughest road game. Like it's a the schedule is as perfect as it can be for having a first place mm-hmm. schedule. Like yeah, I'm very excited about next year. Even if even if we don't retain Rogers or Adams, that team's good enough. Because you don't t- retain well, Rogers or Adams, you're probably bringing a lot of the other. They're, they're gonna go all in and tear. Look what going all in just did for the Rams. Yeah, and if no one gets hurt. <laughs> If we had Jair know. and Bacciari all year, we we're sixteen and one. That report and just like that phrasing, it hey, I'm okay. So tired all in. Oh, well, like I just remembered something. The Rams broke their own like jinx because when they tweeted out all in, they tweeted out the gif from Rounders of um, the guy. Hold on, I got to figure. Oh, we out his weren't going to talk about movies I haven't seen. It I haven't even matter. heard of it. I haven't even heard of this one. Oh, dude, Rounders is phenomenal. Young Matt Damon. It's got Edward Norton. Like it's phenomenal. But young John Damon, Malkovich, young Matt Mormon. John Malkovich goes all in and pours the chips down. That's the gift that they used, and he lost the hand. That's what's so funny because he tweeted out all in, and the gift, and the movie clip they used, yeah, is <laughs> him pouring the chips down. And he loses the hand. So they jinxed themselves with that tweet, and they broke their own jinx. So they reverse jinxed. They reverse jinxed themselves. That, that is some 40 chest level stuff right there. <laughs> uh, so. What? Oh, go ahead. Oh, go, oh I was, I was going to just do one thing on the Packers about your all-in comment that, that your team had there. Yeah, go ahead. Like, this team is $70 million above the cap. No. Uh, yeah, currently. Uh, they'll figure it out. Well, they'll figure it out. But, like, what can you do to go all in when, you're, when your starting point is $70 million above the cap? They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Like, they'll get they'll, under. Like, I, and they'll the, keep the, the NFL, keep the NFL salary cap is, like, the most manipulative. NBA. NBA is, okay. Well, I don't NBA really follow the NBA enough. But, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, the NBA is more. Like, the NFL salary cap is so easily – easily manipulative it's almost like crypto when elon musk tweets about dogecoin like that's how manipulative the the nfl cap is yeah Uh, i mean there's there's scenarios where you can really screw yourself on like specific player stuff but as a whole you can always find a way i got a piece of ice 
Oh, that's and not I just great. Realized that's not great to do with a microphone. It sure isn't. <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably great audio right there. <laughs> so greatest halftime show ever. Maybe, I guess. I didn't Look, think it was that. I mean, I think it was phenomenal. The bar has been set so low for halftime shows that if you bring on a group of, was that five or six performers and they <laughs> literally only play their top three hits. Sure. It's going to be a fantastic show. And that's what they did. They put on a great show. I will. I've, I've got two ways of thoughts on this. Um, no, one, I actually kind of enjoyed the weekend last year. Um, I thought that it was one was okay. better. I was, I was more entertained by that one. As someone who I, I does like, not listen to I didn't these like genres, the fun house that yeah. made me want to throw up. Like the maze thing? I yeah. thought that was really cool. Made I enjoyed that a lot. Um, but yeah, no, there's legit star power there. As someone who does not listen to that genre of music at all, I knew all six of those names. Yeah, I was ready to go work out in my high school gym after listening to that. I don't know why. Well, I, that's the kind of music I listened to when I was in oh, high school okay. and I would <laughs> work out. It, it, you know, yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't one that's for me, but the halftime show is never for me. And I don't care. Yeah. Like that's fine. I'm there for I, the game, right? Yeah. I'm there for the game. I go to the bathroom. I grab my food, you know, get a refill yeah. and I'm ready. The to Super the Bowl game. is the toughest game of the year to be able to go to the bathroom, refill a drink, get more food because I don't want to miss the commercials. And I do want to see the halftime show, whether it's going to be good or bad, just so I'm able to know whether it was good or bad. Well, and I will say to the halftime show, one of the things I kind of enjoy of it, regardless of who it is, is the sets. And I think this is a very weak set. Okay. Like the stage itself. It looked, it looked like they just rolled out like a couple RVs, gutted them, and it was like, all right, we're just going to be on these. Like, it was kind of a weak set. That's all. Okay. And nobody, I, else, I, nobody else is paying attention to the set because everyone else is grooving to the music. <laughs> I get that. They well, could have so literally just stood on the turf. I was actually looking at whatever <laughs> they laid down to where when the camera was up high, it looked like it was like the city. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out whether they actually had lights standing up or if they were laid against there. And I was thinking like, how are the dancers like, like, do they have to be aware of like, there's light bulbs here and they can't step on them. Like I that's, what I was, that's what I was going through my mind. I did think it was kind of funny that, it's like I saw a, a newspaper, news cycle, whatever. They were trying to make a story of the of Snoop Dogg. They had a video of him smoking some weed before the halftime show. Well, even I know that that's what you get when you get Snoop Dogg. Well, that's why I was like, <laughs> wouldn't it be a bigger wouldn't it be a bigger news story if he didn't smoke before the performance? Like, wouldn't yeah. that be more newsworthy? <laughs> like Tom Brady and deflated footballs, Snoop Dogg and weed just. You I don't expect it when, I don't when you get hear, to the Super Bowl. I don't want to hear Snoop perform if he hasn't, you know, <laughs> puffed a little. I, much, uh, oh, go ahead. I, I want to see how long that silence would go. <laughs> no, uh, I, I was going to say, I've only, I only knew one song in the uh, entire uh, – Eminem. Yeah. That, that was the only song I knew of the entire set. <laughs> and it was fun. Good. It was good. How much – The Rock was so much better, though. Do you really think so? Oh, heck, yeah, I do. Okay. Dude, the rock I'm, being the I'm opener. watching him. I'm watching him do this opening. And I'm like, okay, he just announced the team two years ago. He just did this two years ago with the Niners and Chiefs uh, intro. The rock could like he do just this. did it, and now the players were on the field waiting to kick off. <laughs> like the rock's yeah. in the middle of the field because <laughs> he's just like get off the field so we can start the game. No, the rock was so much better. Like I was ready to run through a brick wall. Like that had me hyped. That had me ready to go to a back to a high school gym, you know. 
Oh man, are you kidding me? I'll take the rock hype me. Uh, if, yo, tomorrow morning we're going to the Miami. Uh, we're, we fly out to Miami tomorrow morning. We're leaving at five thirty in the morning, so we have to get out there at three. If the rock is at that airport at three a.m. doing finally, Matt Mormon has come back to the airport. I will instantly be awake at three a.m. So yeah, the rock was much better than you know any of the musical acts. Quite frankly, I feel like the Super Bowl. Excluding the weekend has pretty much had people who are nowhere near their peak for pretty much the past 10 years. I mean, that's kind of, I don't know. That was kind of the the talk of the, that was kind of the talk of the whole thing, right? Is they always pick performers for an older audience to enjoy. They're way past their prime, right? Or, or at least past, maybe not necessarily way past. Like Katy Perry wasn't way past her prime, but she was definitely past it. Oh yeah. Left shark was iconic in that one. Left Shark, that was the best halftime show. <laughs> this did not give me anything like Left Shark. <laughs> uh, favorite commercials? Um, We're going to hit them I'll, real quick. Easily, I would say Zeus with the electric car. Oh, that was a good one. Schwarzenegger. The, oh, oh, Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Well, I didn't even notice. Now I'm doubting it, but I'm pretty sure that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, I'm terrible with celebrity stuff, so you're probably right. Um, the puppy dog, also with electric car, I thought that was really good. But the big one, the obvious one, the Doctor Strange trailer. Like, obvious for you, yes. Dude, they casually drop in the middle of it that the X-Men are here. I didn't even catch that part. In the middle oh, of the trailer. I remember I was up getting a drink refill for that. And I just remember turning around and being like, are they already doing a Doctor Strange? Wasn't he just in Spider-Man? Yeah, he was. But that's not his movie, though. Right. But I just feel like with the old phases, you were either got your own standalone or you were a major part of someone else's movie. Uh, That really started to kind of change towards like Civil War kind of frame. Okay. Um, As it became more and more interconnected to. Right. You know, as it just became more characters to serve. But really, he's not in spider-man he does some big stuff he's not in it for a ton though but he does play a pretty big role in a couple things and it's a natural movement forward to go to a doctor strange movie after that spider-man movie okay um i think i did a very good job describing that without any spoilers at all look at me yeah thank you um but no casually not even like like a, a year or two not even like a big reveal moment just in the middle of the trailer patrick stewart's voice being like i think we should tell him the truth like and you see his bald head. That's, that's Charles Xavier. Was that's Jackson? the X-Men. Is Hugh Jackman there? He might be. Wait, is he Jackson or Jackman? Jackman. Okay. Like Barrett. I've gotten very confused about that these days. Since no. he's no longer an X-Men, I can't remember which one's which between him and the ex-Browns head coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, just it's like casually... It's like Hugh Jackman and... and or not, I was doing the same names. It's like uh, Phil Phil Mickelson and Phil. Oh, Nicholas. Uh, Nicholas. Yeah. Yes. The golfer yeah. and the actor. The golfer and the actor. Yeah. Well, and Jack too. There's Jack Nicholas. That's what There's I'm going. Jack Nicholson. That's what you're going for. That's what I'm going Jack. for. Jack. Jack. I was. Yeah. I combined like eight names there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's a lot favorite, of stuff going on. My favorite commercial was the uh, the Chevy electric truck because they redid the Sopranos intro, and it was phenomenal. Like Sopranos, I've gotten into Sopranos the last like two years, and I don't know like, if I remember that one. So, but I don't know if you remember the Chevy, the blue Chevy electric truck that they did. But that part doesn't even matter because the cool no. part 
was that they redid like because that's an like an iconic intro to me and anyone who enjoyed the sopranos loved the intro sure. like game of thrones has an iconic intro you know it's it's that kind of level to where you just you love to watch you sit and watch it you don't skip that one and it was awesome to see they like remade it reshot it and then it was the the kids the two actors that played uh tony soprano's kids were like reunited so that was just cool it was i was literally like the meme of leonardo dicaprio and once upon a time in hollywood just pointing at the tv I was is that like, what that's from yeah yeah that's okay. literally, that's that's my <laughs> i know that meme movie. you should watch that that's my favorite <laughs> movie um the coinbase commercial was cool yes. the qr code bouncing around like i felt yes. so smart when i was like oh i should do this QR. like that's qr code i need to do it i felt so smart getting my phone getting the camera out hitting Whoa. it and it pulls up my coinbase and it won't load <laughs> and i'm like oh i think i just got hacked <laughs> like, that's what that's all i, I like, there was like 20 dollars worth of dogecoin but i felt I like I was it was in that office cold open where they're watching the dot go around i actually have seen that episode i'm finally where it goes right in the corner like yeah you're like one for yeah. six I've actually seen that episode and that is actually what I thought of too. Whenever I saw that. <laughs> um, and I thought one thing I saw on Twitter in regards to that commercial, it was very smart of them because they know their audience, their audience that wants to do any kind of crypto stuff. They don't care if you get Shaquille O'Neal and Kevin Hart in their commercial, <laughs> the, but then playing up that QR code. That's their the people who pull out their phone. Not everybody, you know, like me the and you. People who recognize that's an active QR code that you can open. Mm-hmm. That's, that's their, their audience. They're like, we don't. If you don't, if you can't recognize this is a QR code that you can open, we don't want you. And if you're gonna go tell somebody that this is the worst Super Bowl commercial of the year, we don't want you either. Yeah, I yeah. do have worst Super Bowl commercial of the year. I didn't have any really like they were either just like not noteworthy enough, like. So, Mine were any mine offensively early bad. on. It was either right before the game started or right after the game started, but it was super early. But it was Toyota, and literally, I don't even remember what happened in the in the commercial. All I remember is the first fifty five seconds were like really sad, tugging at heartstrings. You don't even know whose commercial it is, and the final five seconds, like the Toyota logo pops up. <laughs> I think I tweeted out like, "Way to go, Toyota!" Like trying to tug at the heartstrings right off the bat. So that's my least favorite commercial for trying to toy with emotions on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm here to watch football. Yeah. Not watch your, your, you know, commercial. Budweiser gets one. Budweiser gets the exception. Yes. With the dog. Yeah. Well, they, they always have a great one with the dog or the horse, mm-hmm. something like that. Budweiser always gets the exception to the rule on that one. I Everyone else accept. has to have fun. I will accept. Um, I should also mention too, for the best. Now I've never seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies, but that Lord of the Rings show looks very pretty. I thought like, that the preview didn't do it. Jo- like, I think the series is going to be good. I don't think they did a great job picking out a name for this series. Okay. Because it's just so, like, it's like Lord of the Rings, the Ring of Power. Sure. Like, it's just, so, it, it'd be like Game of Thrones being Song of Ice and Fire. Sure. Game of Thrones. Like, it's just, it's, it's too long. But Probably they spent $55 million per episode. Yeah, I saw that. I think it's going to be good. Insane. I feel like the trailer just didn't do it justice. Like, the trailer didn't get me excited. Well, it's a long ways away, right? So, like, I don't think it needed to be the super hype trailer. Like, you know, Doctor Strange, that movie comes out in three months. That needed to be a hype trailer. Yeah. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, same thing. I thought that was another really good trailer. And I'm really <laughs> excited for Sonic the Hedgehog, too, by the way. Um, but I really hope they don't do the cliche thing 
of Sonic versus Knuckles ending up teaming up. I really hope that's not where this goes. But yeah, I, me too. I didn't watch any of that. Um, did you watch Tiger King during the pandemic? No, we don't have Netflix. That's weird. <laughs> I get that i get that that is weird it's, but at the same time like it's become what? such a norm in society that it's right. like you don't have netflix do you not have a cell phone either like it's just like that level of norm like we've got other ones so do you have hulu and I, yes okay we just got, so we you just actually you have hulu but not netflix <laughs> yeah because there's stuff on there i actually watch um no it's just what's it's, on netflix these days i don't even know but i have it <laughs> right like i, I watch i feel like i watch stuff on i just watched i love you man on there for like the 20th time i love that movie okay uh, like, uh, paul rudd jason seagal i just phenomenal. feel like everything that was drawing me to netflix potentially is left so anyways hulu is coming out with a scripted version of tiger king i saw that the joe, joe versus, versus yes i was gonna say carolyn uh it's carol, carol. It looks god awful, and I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> It'll be like the uh, the Sean Payton movie. <laughs> have you watched that? I have not. I kind of want to, uh, but I haven't. I haven't <laughs> found two hours of my life that I don't care about. That is that movie is literally ninety percent of the previews I see where I see it and I go, oh my god, I can't wait to watch it, and then I literally never, never watch. watch it. Yeah. Never watch it. See, I've moved past that phase because I, I was in that phase for a long time. Oh man, look at that preview! I can't wait to go see that. So I now I've got the point of like, oh, that's a cool preview, but I'm not gonna see it. Like I've become more honest with myself. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, we said we were only gonna do an hour. We're at like an hour ten. We're pretty good. Not bad. I say we get into idiot of the week. Idiot. If I were an idiot, I'd be driving a Trans Am. If you were driving a Trans Am, you would be the smartest idiot in the whole world. <clears throat> idiot. <clears throat> You're the idiot. My idiot of the week is the easy and obvious choice. It is Mr. Vernon Hargraves. Oh, didn't uh, see that one coming. If, if you're not aware of who Vernon Hargraves is, the young man was a cornerback out of the University of Florida. He was a first-round pick, I believe, by the Buccaneers, right? And then Sounds they right. cut him. He went to Houston. He was bad there, too. They cut him. I didn't realize he was still in the NFL. Well, he's kind of not. He's, he's kind of not. not. <laughs> <laughs> he won't be after this. Because if you were watching the Super Bowl and you watched the, uh, the first touchdown the Bengals had, you said – First interception. The, oh, first interception. Sorry. My apologies. Um, and you said, why is there a homeless fan? <laughs> it's like really celebrating hard. Like, is that an equipment guy? That was a theory we had at our our place. I was like, that's got to be like an equipment manager or something. I just got really excited. No, it turns out it was an inactive player. Vernon Hargraves, <laughs> idiot of the week, goes on the field, dressed in a hoodie, socks and flip-flops, looking like me on a Saturday to go grab the mail. <laughs> like, who do you think was more embarrassed and wanted to leave a Super Bowl? Vernon Hargraves or Janet Jackson? Oh, Vernon Hargraves. <laughs> yeah. At least, you know, yeah. I just really yeah. wanted a cop for that. <laughs> and that's all I could think of. <laughs> oh, that was gosh. all I had. I was trying to think of a player that, like, made, like, a butt fumble level kind of play. I couldn't right. think of it. Like, if the like, Johnny Hecker. Wardrobe malfunction. If the Johnny Hecker botch would have been, like, the game ending play kind oh, of thing. Yeah. But at the but time, you didn't know it. You didn't know. This yeah. at the time. You had to realize, I'm not wearing any gear for to, to play, but I'm literally in the middle of the end zone. I am by the goalpost. I'm not near the pylon. I am in the middle. 
I am at the G of Bengals. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm celebrating this interception. By the way, that was at like the two-minute warning, I believe. The, the Bengals had the entire two-minute warning, their final two minutes of the first half to drive down the field. Not bad from the 20. Now you're at the 10. Now you got to go 90 yards. That completely changes the game script of, you know, what Zach Taylor's going to call. Vernon Hargaves might have cost him some points. He might have cost him three points. I mean. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> idiot of the week. Yeah. Yeah. It was but, the easy answer. It was the Bengals offensive line pick of video of the week. It was the easy <laughs> answer. My first idiot of the week, I have two for you. My first one's LeBron James. For, for what? First for his tweet of the joint tweet. parade. He wanted to do a joint parade for the city of L.A. with the Dodgers, Lakers, and the the uh, the Rams. Because they won in consecutive years? But they, they won in – there was a full season in between them. Like there's already well, been a new there's already been a new NBA and a new MLB champion. That's what I'm saying. They won in consecutive years. Like the Lakers won, right. and then a season later the Dodgers won. They won the same COVID. Late. They won. Oh, they they did, both won the same they? COVID. Yeah, they so both took advantage. They both took advantage of shortened seasons, and won the asterisk COVID years that don't even count. They, they don't have asterisks. They count. <laughs> They don't even um, count. They count. COVID, COVID rings don't count. Did whatever year have the NBA like shortened season for the strike not count? No. Does, does every COVID, shortened season not nope. count? COVID rings don't count. Just COVID rings o- count. Only because both LA teams won. COVID rings count. Um, uh, I'm a, also, I like LeBron. And I'm a LeBron second guy. one was his commercial. I think I missed his commercial. Oh, was they it like, the, the, the time travel a, one? They had a CGI yeah. LeBron. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) LeBron is always like all his Instagram posts are always like a picture of him in that Jersey and just like you're going to go far champ or something like that. And then he literally made it into a commercial and it was just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I like that one. No, (laughs) I definitely didn't think it was like offensively bad. It was was fine. It wasn't offensive. It was just dumb. It was fine. It, It was it was fine. It wasn't. It, it's not my top. You know, it's like it was, how I feel. It was up the there for worst commercial of the Super Bowl. I don't think so. It was fine. Um, I am. Of, I am more. I am more pro running backs matter than I am pro LeBron James. Really? I, I, <laughs> yeah. uh, my other one was these two guys I've never heard of, but they. What if they, LeBron James was a running back? Oh, man. man. Oh boy. <laughs> a lot of knee injuries to be six eight and running back. <laughs> um, these two guys, I don't know if they just did this so we would talk about them, maybe even on this show. I don't know. But Michael Felger and Tony Ma- Maserati. Maserati? I don't know. Maybe. Two guys, they are on the they're on a radio show. Sure. Deal. Don't- on copyright. You're already calling these guys idiots. Don't let them sue us. Well, no, I'm going to play it for you. <laughs> I'm going to insert it here in the podcast. But here, I'm just going to let you hear what they said. Score on this. It was so dumb at that point in the game. Oh, you freaking nerds. So that, that, that's what happens when nerds take over sports. They don't, all they have is the data that says our win percentage or the success rate, fourth and one is this. <laughs> The, you know, the fail rate is this. Fourth down bot says go. And the data says if you get it, this happens. 
percentage-wise. If you don't get it, the percentage... So all they have is the data. Because the nerd never played. The nerd barely even really watches. The nerd just looks at the data. Where if you play the game or know the game, there's things called momentum. And, well, just start with that. And you, you don't know what kind of game it's going to be. Yeah, you don't have an idea how the ra- the game's going to be. That's why you use analytics to help you make decisions on third and fourth downs. <laughs> there, like, is... they, they talk about how fourth fourth down models aren't like reactive, but they are. <laughs> I do think there are specific teams and specific scenarios that you should not listen to them in certain situations, right? Like, I think the Ravens should go for it on fourth and short more often than say the Jaguars because I believe in the Ravens to pick it up more than yeah. I the Jaguars. Um, you know, I yeah, think the it, biggest thing on this is people who are very anti-analytics don't realize yes. that coaches and teams don't rely 100% on the analytics side. They use the analytics to help them come to their decision. And when you're yeah. at a certain point on the field and in a certain time of the game, then – in the bot and the fourth down bot says go for it yes you should go for it obviously you're not going to go for it in certain situations when it doesn't make sense yeah if the analytics say to go and you're like hey this is better for our team then yes you're using analytics to come to the decision but the analytics aren't making up every 100 of your decision well the, the the best way that i was able to describe it because being the ravens fan i got a lot of flack over the two-point conversions right yeah. there's that two-week span which i agree the way with. the way i described it to people because you can't just say well the only said to go, go for because they're going to say nerd so i said okay here's your here are your two paths to victory path a we kick the field goal well path a we go for two we go for two and we get it and then we right. stop aaron Rodgers for 45 seconds that is path a to winning this football game path b is we kick a field goal here. We kick the extra points. Um, we then still have to stop Aaron Rodgers for the next 45 seconds. And if we do that, we then either have to win the coin toss, have our backup quarterback drive 80 yards and score a game-ending touchdown, or, or we have to stop Aaron Rodgers yet again if we lose the coin toss. And then our backup quarterback has to drive the length of the field and score a touchdown. And you're stopping Aaron Rodgers twice with a super depleted secondary. With a very depleted secondary. <laughs> like, that's like, not even part of the equation. Like, these we're guys so were far. backups at the XFL. Right. So, like, that was my easy way of explaining why the analytics said to do what the Ravens were doing. But it's a lot of explaining to do to just say, like, yeah, they made the right choice. All Like, the analytics. And, oh, God. It's why I <laughs> – I thoroughly 100% believe – Every NFL game should have a third person in the booth. And that third person is not a former player. That third person is purely an analytics-based person. And you know what? They only chime in, much like the rules analyst does. They only chime in in certain situations, and they say, well, this is why the analyst. Not just say, oh, well, you know, your win percentage is 75 if you go for it, and it's 35 if you don't, whatever it is. Explain the analytics there, because you have these old people, and it's all old people. It really is. Like, Look at the CBS. Look at the Fox pregame show. It's the right. same guys I watched growing up. Right. Michael Strahan's the new guy. He's been there for about ten years now. <laughs> it's same and, guys who are like, look, it's fourth and one. I know I'm across the fifty, but it's too great of a risk to go for it and give them a short field when I can just punt it and try and pin them inside the ten. 
Well, like that's just, that's where their mind is stuck. But guess what? If your punter misses on that margin and puts it in the back of the end zone, you basically punted the ball twenty yards because it comes right. back out. Yes. Whereas if you convert it, like the risk is so much more worth, or the reward is so much more worth it in that kind of scenario when you're past or even near the fifty. Yeah, I, in the I think, right situation, in the right yes. situation, is still it's in, still not general, black and white like that. Although they always want to make analytics black and white, it's right. It's very not. Um, yeah, but it, it is what makes. I mean, Troy Aikman to me is just he just misses it immediately. Oh, well, yo, Troy, back, when, back when I played, that's not yeah. how it was done. And well, when and that's your logic. Troy is always so great about, and I love Joe Buck, but I am not a Troy Aikman fan. But uh, I can't even get their names. I right know. Now. But Troy is always just like, well, this is how this quarterback should have done it. And this is what I would have been able to do successfully back when I was playing when he forgets that all he did was hand the ball off to Emmett Smith. <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to give a little have, more credit. You don't have that great of numbers, man, to be talking about how <laughs> like you shouldn't be able to talk to half the AFC quarterbacks anymore about how you would have done it in your time because no, like you ran a completely different style of football. Yes. And completely different offense. I'm going to pull up his stats real quick. <laughs> but no, he is to me the biggest offender of the, well, back when I played, you know, we didn't put it on fourth and three. It's like, oh, I get that. And you know, hey, I think there are a lot of times where punting the ball is, that's the right decision. Right. That is perfectly fine. Um, so I think every game and every situation is different. He had one season over. He had one season over 500 attempts. His next closest was 473. Is that normal for the time, though? Probably. Yeah. But still, like, the ball is not in his hands the same way as it is on with that it is in oh, no. now. Oh, no. No, no. But, but then yeah. he stands there and critiques them. Yeah. He had three seasons with less than 10 interceptions. Like, his oh, wow. interception, his career interception rate is three. But he had majority of his career, he was – well, he had a good stretch there. From 95 until 99, the second last year he played, he kept it under three. Other than that, he was pretty much over three his entire career. Yeah. And to it's me, like, him and Bill Cowher. <laughs> him and Bill Cowher are like the two that I just can't stand. So, right like, Bill Cowher would not be a successful coach in today's NFL because no. he would be adaptive to what today's NFL is. Fantastic Spider- coach early and mid 2000s sure oh absolutely not taking anything away from what these guys used to do right but he could not coach in today's nfl with these kind of players it's it's a completely different game if you coach successfully before social media it is a completely different game now it's like john smoltz you know too saying you know well well you know back in my day we didn't just throw them fastball 100 miles an hour we had to use location and deception it's like well they still do yeah well also back in your day the bats weren't nearly as good (laughs) Like, like a bat would could very easily be crooked off of that line. Like, yeah. <laughs> it says 31 ounces. It's really 34 ounces. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> back in your guy, your day, guys were doing Coke in the locker room. Like, calm down. In guys. between steroid shots. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking about Smoltz or Aikman still? <laughs> I lost track. Yeah. But no, there, there are a lot of people in all facets of life, by the way, that just think the way things used to be is better. 
Like, this isn't only even football analytics. That's just life that, you know, oh, well, you know, back in the, you know, hey, look at the Super Bowl halftime, right? Back in my day, I used to listen to Dr. Dre in high school. This is the best <laughs> halftime show ever. Meanwhile, there's 13 year olds out of the audience that we probably should be trying to bring in that are like, who are these old fogies? You know, we brought so. in, they used Kendrick Lamar, though. Oh, they did. I know that name. That, that, that I, gets the youngins in. Sure. Yeah. You have your one feature piece. And then the olds who were sitting there like, what the hell is this crap? But like, dude, you had Bruce Springsteen. You had the Rolling Stones. Like, it's okay. You don't have to be upset about the halftime show. Yeah. Just for everyone out there, just expect the (laughs) halftime show to suck. Yep. Be like me. It's only good from there. (laughs) Be like Matt Mormon. Don't have expectations for it. Well, and you know, if the halftime show sucks, that's okay because you didn't care about going into it. If the commercials suck, that's okay because you didn't care about that going into it either. You came to watch a football game. Right. And if there's a good commercial, you can have a chuckle. It's okay to like and you, you I may guarantee not be you, here for the commercials. But you can laugh back, at one of them. To get back to the original point, the same people who are the anti-analytics side are also the same people who are saying, Well, why didn't Joe Burrow just throw it to a wide open Jamar Chase on that last play? Sure. Yeah. As he's <laughs> getting dragged to the ground. Yeah, as he's getting dragged to the ground. And obviously the like it's hindsight's always 2020 and i think a lot of times these kind of guys lose sight of that yes that's like yes hindsight is 2020 you have to realize look it's not smart to run samaj p ryan continuously on very crucial plays but if samaj p ryan broke off multiple 10 10 yard runs there we'd be like dude what does zach taylor know about this team <laughs> to take joe mixon off the field on third down and play samaje on third on thirds you know i it is the classic example it's like seven years old now but i'm the guy that thinks the seattle throwing the ball is a perfectly fine play call i i i liked the play call that i was defending it right after yep immediately. everyone in the world's expecting you to hand it to marshawn Lynch. exactly that's not a bad play call Russ shouldn't have thrown it there, or maybe you shouldn't have just ran the slant there. But the pass play was correct. Even that, I think it was fine. Really, to me, the big play was Brandon Browner because Browner jammed the jam. Yeah. Because really, like, and, and yeah, the defense, the defense played that ball very well. Perfect. Yeah. And think about how close that was, too. Like, Butler and him, they smoked each other, and that yeah. ball could have gone either way easily. Yeah. So I've always been a defender of that. I have always said that the Philly special was a dumb play call that worked, but everyone <laughs> heralds that one. Yeah. Right? Having your backup tight end throw the ball to your unathletic quarterback, the Cooper Cup play should have been the Philly special. Hey, that is – and you know what? Trey Burton talking about what could have been. Sure. <laughs> so there's still people out there drafting him in 2017 Dynasty uh, Leagues. Yep, I'm going to trade for him right now. <laughs> I don't think you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to offer something for him. Hell, He's locked up. In our probably go for a first round pick the way these things are going. <laughs> hey, you see the trade that just happened? I thought that was actually a really good one. Yeah. You know what sucks is I have multiple offers out. So every time one of these trades keep getting accepted, I think one of mine do, and I get really excited and I go to it. Mean? I'm just like, oh, what the hell is this? You have multiple offers out there. I have not gotten an alert yet. What no, the I don't hell? want to trade with you. <laughs> Why don't you want to trade with me? <laughs> no, because I'm sending out some other offers right now. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. was a bad that was bad. Like, no, I thought this most recent one was really good. Demont and Devontae Smith? Yeah. I thought that the was, 102 and the 301? An aging backside, eh, fine RB2. And yeah, Devontae Smith, you know, I mean, you're... I don't think it's far off. Yeah. I guess no, having the 102 helps, but in this particular yes. draft, 
the 102 isn't as high. See, I haven't gotten to that point yet, really. I, I've, I've been – like, Sunday was, like, the first threshold. This trip to Miami is the next threshold. Ask me in, like, two, three weeks. But That's why, it, like – It's I, funny because this 102's value in the original trade was, like, down here, and now its value skyrockets up here. This, yeah. this league is all – like, you talk about trade setting a precedent for, like, positional value. No. This, no. No. So, and I don't think it should. And some of the offers I've been getting have been just wild. You know, to circle all the way back around to the Bengals, too, because I, <laughs> yeah. I have – I am such a proponent of you draft for talent, not need. Yeah. And I think Jamar Chase really did prove that again. Yeah. At the end well, of the day, would a tackle have helped? Yes, it would have. They don't yes. get there without Jamar Chase. Right. And I, I think it was Ben Baldwin made the point of the elite pass catchers make such a bigger difference than the elite. We, we both just got the exact same push notification, I think. We both we both swiped our phone screens at the same time. Didn't you didn't you just No. Oh, okay. Never mind. I just that. had a trade rejected, but Oh, well, I didn't get that. Well. I'm sorry, Ben Baldwin <laughs> made a tweet. He he was talking about how much more productive or much more of an impact an elite wide receiver makes over an elite lineman. Because your line your offensive line as a whole is always only as good as its worst player. So if you have David Bakhtiari at left tackle, but you have, I don't know, pick a Rams, <laughs> former St. Louis well, Ram um, guard. Oh, James Hurst was always a big goat for the okay. Ravens. Okay, I was trying to they think, who did, who did the, who did the uh, Bengals trade for? That was Bobby Hart? That sounds right. I think it was. But anyways, but you can have David Bakhtiari, but if yep. you have a guard who is just abysmal and terrible, it doesn't matter, right? Your offensive line is only as good as it's, worst unit so having a good but not great offensive line across the board yes and being able to add the elite receiver versus having an elite lineman and then below average everywhere else and then an average receiver it's it's not as productive right so it to circle all the way back around on that point chase over so so wall so like Sewell. i don't know why they Sewell. yeah i don't know why but yeah, anyways. The noodle boy. <laughs> Taking Chase was the right pick. Yeah. The whole I, I point thought, of what I said. I, I thought so at the time. Now, I do think left tackle is the second most important position. It's important, but the, it's the, not whole like point, running back. the whole point of that tweet was of how it being elite is not as important as you would think. Like having elite wide receiver is more important than having elite left tackle. I, I think Laramie Tunsil is a good case study of that where he is an excellent left tackle. Other four Texas offensive linemen really stunk, and Deshaun Watson had to run for his life all the time. And that's a really good case of that. In my opinion, you can get away with one crappy offensive lineman. Like, if you've got a stud at left tackle, a good center, a good left guard, and a good right tackle, yeah, your right guard can be a 60 overall on that. That's okay. The only issue is when you play a team that has – well, and Aaron if Donald if or got a one, Bosa who they can exploit that. If you've only got one bad one, though, I thought you can scheme around it a little bit. You, you can, can put the extra until, tight end over there. But, but the, defense, the defense can scheme to get a one-on-one with Aaron Donald and your terrible right guard. Well, but that's where you have the backup tight end stay in the flank with you. And you can do that as well. But and, you know, you have to make some adjustments, sure. It's not will. great. 
but I think you but can, the more you people can you have to the more people you have to keep in and help protect your weakest link, oh, yeah. the more people you're costing yourself to yes. be able to run routes. As I was listening to another podcast, I made an interesting point of how the Chiefs last year when they lost to the Bucks in Super Bowl, the Chiefs last season, or I, I guess I got to say two seasons ago now, but oh, they yeah. had they were they ran the fewest amount of plays with, with an extra blockers. blocker. In the, I had that stat. In the Super Bowl, they only had, I believe it was three pass plays with an extra blocker in yeah, the entire insane. Super Bowl last year. And think about, I mean, watch that game. How could you not? Yeah. Like, you were getting just murdered up there. Yeah, I, remember, I, had, I had that stat. Were you listening to a Matt Mormon podcast? Maybe, maybe. I think I remember, that was CBS, but. I, I did pull that, pod, uh, that stat out last year. That Yeah, and in my opinion, it's a little bit of arrogance on your own scheme in, in a way that you don't make that adjustment. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think – yeah, running back is more replaceable than left tackle, though. <laughs> running back is the most replaceable offensive position. And I stand by that. I, I'm not going to disagree. I stand by that. I think at the same time, like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you cannot tell me the Ravens wouldn't have been better with J.K. Dobbins than they were with Devont- with AARB. They would have been every every time you say ARB, I try and figure out who it is, and then remember it's the entire backfield. It's the entire backfield, <laughs> except for Tyson Williams, but he fumbles all the time. Yeah, but the running back wasn't the main problem for the Ravens this year. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I would say for the first couple of weeks it was though, like when everyone else was healthy. If you lose all of your running backs and have to sign a bunch of 30-year-olds, yes, at that point, okay, you got me. <laughs> running backs matter a little bit. <laughs> not a lot of teams have their first and second string running – or, sorry, their second, third. second, third, and fourth string. Lamar's your first string running back. No, <laughs> have, he's have he's Dobbins, back. Gus. Aaron Rodgers getting traded, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> No, the first three, though, it, it was also Justice Hill. Yeah, that's right. So it was three, not including Lamar, you jerk. And by the way, <laughs> I think Tyler Huntley got COVID. I think Tyler Huntley got COVID if we're including running quarterbacks here. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Lamar's not a quarterback, but I am saying he's still your number one running back. He plays Ooh, I think he is. Once. I think he is number two. That's fair. I think Dobbins. Okay, that's fair. But yeah, I'll take him over Gus. <laughs> all right so as in typical 401 fashion we had about an hour hour and 15 of solid talk and then just pretty much bullshit for the last like 15 20 minutes of the podcast. hey i listen to these episodes and let me tell you i typically tune them off at about eight minutes ago so there's yeah. a little bit extra on the juncture or this time around our so viewership get... drops our viewership drops like 33 percent at this point of the podcast i mean when you've got the nick Foles in here instead of your carson wentz i don't know what you expect it goes from three oh. to two by this point that's a story too. Carson Wentz likely to get cut. Yeah, man, that trade looks bad. <laughs> hey, you know sometimes you just got to take the chance, and it doesn't always work out. Well, I, I think yeah, I think that's that's fair because it's so hard to find a franchise quarterback, and they've been. I mean, they're looking for pennies on you know between the couch cushions since Andrew Luck. Yeah, like has has a single player retirement. Wh- which retirement's been more detrimental, the Peyton Manning retirement or the Andrew Luck retirement? Well, the Peyton Manning retirement at least got them. Oh, no, wait. I'm thinking of the injury. Uh, no. My, my, sorry, my brain was thinking injury. Denver. Yeah, because they haven't been to the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl. No. Second longest drought. 
That's crazy too, isn't it? Look at the NFL go with all the like the Bengals, the, yeah. the 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 Bills just ended a 18 year streak not that long ago, and the yeah. Jets are out here crying over a 10 year streak. Yeah, Jets are the longest non playoff team now at, since 2010. It's crazy. Bart like, Scott. It doesn't. Bart Scott screaming in the microphone was the last like Jets image. <laughs> like Mark Sanchez back to back AFC championships. That's the last time. Oh, they'll be back. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> look at this good young team. Like, what could go wrong with this defense and the young quarterback? He's oh, yeah. only going to get better from here. What, Wilker, uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Sheldon Richardson on D-line? Yeah, Mark yeah. Scott was middle linebacker. Revis yeah, Island Revis. was going strong. And Cromartie. Cromartie was really good, too. Oh, yeah. He was probably only at, like, 12 or 13 kids at that point <laughs> in his life. <laughs> when he played for the Chargers, do you think him and Phillip Rivers had a bet? <laughs> Is that hey, the crux of this? Look, here's the thing. They said, Rivers said, I'm going to build an offense. You build a defense. We're going to play each other on Thanksgiving. <laughs> but Cromartie was like, look, I need some depth. So I need a bench so I can swap some guys out. Rivers only has a starting 11. i tell you what, the viewership of this podcast, it might drop dramatically around this point, but the ones who stuck around got some good quality content. <laughs> There's a lot of hidden gems that come with the 401, I'll tell you. I think we found the crux because those are the two guys that everybody makes fun of for how many kids they have. Yeah. And they were teammates. So when what? Probably like 15 years they can play a game? Because Rivers, <laughs> probably... just, Rivers just had that 11. Oh, like that's did. the weakest link. They ought to put him in right guard. Yeah. <laughs> hide him. <laughs> hide him in there. No, you put him at running back. <laughs> it's replaceable. I'm just gonna the most injured position, Dude, too. Dude, by, by that point, Cromartie's just subbing in units at a time. <laughs> Quantity over quality. <laughs> like, Antonio, you've got too many kids on the field. Are we really going to call that penalty in this game? <laughs> too many kids on the field. Not too many men on the field. Too many kids on the field. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't think that was a penalty. Uh, Don't that be over 18? Do you see that flag thrown? If they're still crawling, do they even count? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, we got to wrap this thing up. Yeah, that's the end of it. Derailing. Uh, I got to go to bed. I got to wake up at like two tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah. Well, have fun with your flight. I'm very Uh, excited. Thanks, everyone, for hopping. Be down the beach. Yeah. So, Matt, thanks for coming on, man, doing this. Um, I think we had a pretty good episode. So anytime you got to call in the backup, I'm here. You're just, yeah, you're the foals, man. You're the foals. All right. Thanks for everyone for listening to 401. Follow us on Twitter at 401 pod. Leave us a five-star review and we are out. The matchup of the century right there.
Well, I never even gave that thought that they were teammates. <laughs> it just <laughs> dawned on me. Cromartie yeah. was a Charger a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they just like feels like, dude, I'm having my fourth kid, and Cromartie's like, that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't and nobody having back. more kids than me. He, he went around quite like. Yes, oh yeah, but no, he doesn't have. Teams. Oh, I th- I meant. <laughs> I thought well, you were going. That part. He doesn't have more than like what two or three yeah, with the same two. person. Yeah, but not like teams even though. 